In this episode of the Ministry of Motion Pictures podcast. You know, how to make it in Hollywood? Uh, yeah, dude, how do you, how do you imitate that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how, how do I do a seminar, Todd, and say, well, you know, guys, there's four easy steps on getting a studio film made. It's just, you know, it's just, and, and it is, I just look back, obviously, and say, the Lord just orchestrated that. This is part two of my interview with writer and director Brad Silverman. Brad is the director of No Greater Love, Grace Unplugged, and the forthcoming feature film, Selfie Dad. In episode 14, Brad talked about how he got his start as a filmmaker making films for Lionsgate and how Grace Unplugged came about. In this episode, Brad talks about the dry years that he faced following Grace Unplugged and tells us what he's been doing in the past few years and what's in store for him in the immediate future. And what I appreciate about Brad is that he has a godly, level-headed perspective on all the situations he faces in his career. This is episode 15. So what happened after no, uh, after Grace Unplugged? Well, Grace Unplugged was one of those that got critical success, but not a ton of commercial success. Yeah. So it ended up commercially not performing where it, the way it should. Hmm. Um, but it's one of those weird dichotomies where, by most people's standards, you'd say it was a success. Like in like in my world, it was a success because we're not you know looking for world domination here, but for a studio, they're looking for bigger returns. Right. And so that was part of where why we ended up not continuing with Lionsgate. We had many meetings after that, and we just couldn't quite find the groove after that. Okay. So, and it really boiled down to um, you know it's just a, it's a tough sell. Like if I look and said, hey, this film's going to profit you know, a million five, free and clear, you know, whatever. I'm just, just an example. We go, okay, take it, right? Why wouldn't you? That's, that's a lot, a lot, a lot of money. But for certain studios, it's, okay, you know, and I don't think, that, whatever the number is, it's like it should show a higher return yeah. to warrant it, to, to yeah, make it sure. part of the slate. Because there's only, you know, obviously for a theatrical release, there's only so many slots you can do. It's a very finite number right. for a studio. So long story, or I should say the, 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 the short version of that is that we just kind of chose in 2000, I don't know, 14-ish, we just said, you know what, let's, let's not go in that direction. And um, and just kind of meandered around and, and thought, like anything, I'll have seven offers. And I had a few, and just nothing really caught my attention. Nothing seemed to be a good fit. But like anything, Todd, I mean, one day becomes the next, becomes the next month, becomes yeah. the next year really fast. Yep. And all of a sudden, two years go by, and I'm like, I got nothing. So, but the Lord never didn't provide. The Lord was nothing but gracious and kind. I'm sure my attitude was not always gracious and kind, but, um, you know, uh, you know, it was a humbling process for me. I mean, it was definitely a humbling time for me. Yeah. You know, I, I look back at that as a failure, no doubt, and... Um, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of what happened. And, and so for a couple of years, Russ and I bounced around thinking about different projects and, you know, certain, you know, we get close on certain things and we went in different directions. And then it just seemed like philosophically we were kind of going in different directions. We're still best of friends and always will. Russ Rice is my producing partner back then. And so I want to say by the end of 2015, um, he was ready to go in a totally different direction. So we, we parted ways as best of friends, and, and so we just kind of, that was that. So that was the uh, end of that era, Yeah. and you just kind of had to rebuild it. So that's what we started doing now at, at Kappa Studios. 
So how'd you get involved with Kappa? Well, Kappa is the go-to post-production facility for all things faith and family. It, located in, in Burbank, right near Warner Brothers. If anybody knows anything about Burbank area, you got Warner yeah. Brothers, Universal Studios, and Disney, all within you know seven miles of each other, really. Maybe yeah. ten, I don't know. And um, it's maybe five miles, I don't know. And Kappa is like literally down the street from Warner Brothers. Huh. And so it's this little oasis, diamond in the rough post-production house that I was a client of on No Greater Love and Grace. So I met the people here at Kappa as a client. And if you, if you, anyone's been involved in filmmaking, you know when you're making a movie there, especially in the post-production side of it, if you're the director, there's a ton of downtime. You know, you could be in a color session, or a coloring session, or a sound session. And it might take them an hour to get it ready, so you've got an hour to kill. Right. And I would just get to know Paul, the owner of Kappa. Paul is just a godly man who I just love like a brother. And so I just got to know Paul really well through the projects as a client. And it always seemed like, man, it seemed like Paul and I were a great fit for one another to sort of team up. And Paul, who knew Russ very well, he would later tell me that he never wanted to approach the idea of Paul and I teaming up with res- because he respected Russ so much. Huh. And I respected Paul for saying that. Wow. You know, Paul's like, hey, I don't want to come in, in between you guys. Yeah. It just felt like, you know, it, it, didn't, it didn't seem to make sense as a trio. Right. But once Russ and I parted ways, literally within, I'm not joking, within minutes, and this is purely God's providence, Paul and I go to the same church. Is that yeah? How I got hooked up with Kappa is this: Paul and I go to the same church, and I was we were on a men's retreat, okay, up in the hills, up in the mountains, on a men's retreat for our church. And I talked to Russ, and Russ says, "Hey man, he, I'm moving to Texas." <laughs> so Russ, so Russ like, "Wow, okay, that's that." So Russ was officially moving to Texas. So we were officially done as a team because I didn't, I felt, I didn't feel that's where I was going to go. And literally at the men's retreat. I'm like talking to Russ, and across the way, I'm seeing Paul in my eyesight. So I go to Paul. I go, Paul, this is, I want to say on a Saturday night. There's a Saturday. You know, the, the retreat goes through Sunday, right? And it's a Saturday night. I go, Paul, by the way, for what it's worth, if you still want to do this team up thing, just so you know, the timing's good for me right now. Something just opened up for me. And Paul, and Paul, and Paul says, he goes, hey, Brad, do you want to go? Like, can we leave? And we literally left the men's retreat on a Saturday night. And, okay, that's probably a confession, not a brag. Um, <laughs> and and we literally drive down the hill. And in God's providence, I'm navigating, and I get us lost on our way home, which gave us like an extra 40-minute drive than we shouldn't have had. But in that time, by the time we got down, we had all the particulars worked out, and we were ready to go. Wow. So, again wow. – I don't know how you plan this stuff. I don't know how you emulate this stuff. It's just you God's amazing providence at the right place at the right time. Trials everywhere, but that's how. So that was in I want to say 16, 2016, and Paul and I have been together ever since. That's great. That's an encouraging story just to hear that God is so intimately involved in in such a clear fashion. Amen. 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 I mean, that's got to give you, be a source of strength for you. You know what, Todd? I'll, I'll say it this way. Um, I don't talk about it enough, you know, or I don't talk about it a lot. So 
like any like uh, one thing I'm very guilty of is I'll just kind of get in the grind and just just put my head down and, and work. Yeah. And well, we all pro- do that. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> and in that process, I, I I forget to to be thankful. I forget to pause and praise God for that. And in fact, kind of bringing a few stories together. Again, a, a confession here, as you talk about God's goodness, it was Mark Berg, who was one of the, obviously the producer of Grace and the Saw franchise. Um, we were, I want to say it was the second to last day we were shooting Grace Unplugged, and this defines part of my personality here in a negative way. <laughs> um, it's the last, second to last day of Grace Unplugged. We're shooting in Los Angeles. It's crazy. It's hectic. You know, we're, we shot most of it in Alabama, but we're shooting in, in, in Los Angeles now, and and I'm running around, you know, just totally. When I direct, I get so focused, so dialed in. And Mark, um, I hear Mark going, Brad, and I'm like, Oh, great, not now, not now. He goes, Brad, and I'm like, Ugh, I don't. All, all I'm thinking is, I don't have time. I'm busy. I'm doing. Mark, not now. But I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, this dude like wrote a big check for this movie to get made. I should probably see what he needs. And so finally, you know, in, against, in, in, in my inner, I'm sure outside I looked fine. Inside I'm grumbling in my heart. And he goes, Brad, Brad, come here. And I'm like, ugh. So I finally go, yes, Mark, what's up? And he goes, Brad, we're making a movie. <laughs> and, he, and he looks, he goes, isn't this fun? <laughs> Keeping my marks made a lot of movies. He was rebuking me is what he was doing. <laughs> he was he was like, Brad, will you just pause for a minute, look around, and be thankful? And he literally said, he goes, you could be laying bricks right now. Yep. He goes, you're making a movie, man. And it, he probably saw stress in me. He probably saw, you know, something other than a kind, gracious, loving, humble, gr- yeah. you know, thankful person. Yeah. And so I was, you know, rightly rebuked by Mark and I never forget that. I have and to this yeah. day, when I and to the, that was in 2012 we made it. I've done a, I've done we talked about my features. We're doing other TV shows at Kappa. We're doing a lot of stuff at Kappa. Um not just features, but I kid you not, Todd, I don't think any project goes by whether in the edit bay just Three, four, five times. Ever since Mark said it to me, ever since, I, I do that now. Whenever things get crazy, I go, "Hey guys, 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 come here, come here, come here, everyone. Pause for one second, hey guys. We're making a movie. Yeah, isn't this cool. fun? Guys, how many of you? Where are you from? I'm from Pittsburgh. Where are you from? I'm from New Jersey. Where, I'm from Argentina. I'm from. Hey, why'd you come to L.A.? Did you come to make movies? Dude, guess what? We're making a movie. <laughs> You know how many people would like to be making a movie right now? Yeah. Let's be grateful. And at, when I'm the director, it sort of sets a tone, right? And yep. so all that to say, I learned I learned a lot on that. And, and I, I to this day, I'll never forget that when Mark said that. That is good. That's really good. But, you know, when you're in the middle of shooting, it's tough. I've even had producers who've moved into directing. And one, one producer in partic- particular, after he finished, he said, I am never, ever, ever directing again. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for everybody. You know, that's just it. It's like, it's, it's like, it sounds crazy, but I thrive on that, you know? Yeah. Like, we're all built differently. Like, yeah. I love, this is so weird in some people's eyes, but like, 
it's this is going to sound crazy, but when things go wrong, when things start falling apart, I actually I find a fun in that when you have to like on the fly creatively solve problems. <laughs> Don't worry, like other things will yeah. totally bug me and stress me out in life. But when it comes to that, like, uh, you know, we'll be in the middle of an exterior shoot in, like, a windstorm. Like, you know, it's sort of like you know, it hasn't rained here in 106 years, and it's like a thunderstorm, you know, or whatever. And just things you just can't plan for. And it's not like I'm godly about it or spiritual. It's just like the way God's wired me. I'm like, okay, guys, we got to figure this out. Let's go. Like, that part I actually do enjoy. It sounds crazy, but... Having said that, to your point, yeah, in general, I can be, I can be at my best, and I can absolutely be at my worst when I'm yeah. listening. No question, yeah, for sure. So, Grace Unplugged. Now you're you're off that. You're at Kappa. What's your what, and you're doing this TV series? Yeah. So we've got we've got a couple things at Kappa. We've got, um, I'd say about three, four projects in the works. Um, we have one feature film that is essentially done and we have two pilots to two tv shows that are essentially done my background is mostly in features so to get the cadence of tv is just a little different in fact one of the first show i did was a reality show and the first cut of this reality show that i was technically directing um it was very they watched the cut it just was very slow and like development everyone's like watching what is this like brad pick it up dude what are you doing and so paul who's been in this business a minute or two um he's been in this for 30 years paul who owns kappa and the producer on all these shows he brings in a different editor who understands that much better than i do and this thing just pops so the magic of editing yeah even though i was the director of this first reality show called world race and at the same time, I just like was the pupil in the room, just enjoying learning from this reality editor, um, who's this genius level guy, and he just just made that show work. So, um, so yeah, so just uh, I guess in the the category of that is yeah, we got a couple. Um, we're, we we only do Kappa is two things just in general. Kappa is yes, we do original content. Um, the shows I'm talking about, yeah. but Kappa also still is a post house for other people strictly in the faith and family world. So part of what I do is just um, because I've been in the faith and family world, because of the films I've done, um, I just know a lot of people. So it could be, we could be at a conference. We could be at a, just hanging out with folks. It could be on the phone. I'm just like, Hey, bring your project to Kappa. So I'm, I'm, I'm always spreading the word to other faith and family filmmakers and TV makers and digital makers, whatever it is, to bring their, you know, to talk to Kappa to be their post house. So I do, that'll, you know, that just sort of, you know, do that. But, and then also the, you know, content creating. So it's just Kappa is kind of, I guess, this holistic thing is what I'm saying. That, you know, we're kind of this one entity where it's, you know, I'm not strictly writing and directing. I'm also in various ways helping out another project. There's there's a lot of projects that that I that I know you've know, you've heard of and know about that we're just involved with and it's just yeah. a joy to sort of be in kind of immersed we're kind of becoming I guess in a sense this this hub in 
the heart of Los Angeles for the faith and family community. I think I'm for you with the movie Unplanned, um, Run the Race. Um, I don't know if you know Dallas Jenkins. He's got a yep. TV show called The Chosen. Yep. Um, so just um, those come to mind, but there's so many projects that that Kappa is involved with. So I'm loosely involved, with, to various degrees, involved with or not, but just kind of in the flow of all these projects. So it's like this. It's becoming this this Los Angeles hub for a yeah. Lot. It's amazing that something that a place has become like that. And you know, because it doesn't seem like everything's so organized for the Christian film marketplace, but you guys seem to be the central clearinghouse of. Yeah. Post production of it, you know. We're trying, you know. It was like like Paul's attitude. Um, Paul Long is the owner of Kappa. Paul's attitude is just, um, you know, let's just be that go to place. And and there are times like we'll be talking and like, you know, I'll have a friend or someone who has a project. I know the it's like it's so small and they don't have a lot of money and you know there's very little thing. And and I'm like Paul, you know, is it even worth your time? And Paul's attitude is always like, because I don't, I'm not a post guy, so I'm just kind of like. You know, I'm 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 introducing him to people and vice versa, but um, and I love it. Paul's he's such a servant. His attitude is, Brad, we need to talk to everybody, and if we approach it, and this is you know, isn't this walking with God 101, where whether it's our work, like we don't separate our work from our ministry, from our families, from our there's no spiritual and secular with us, you know, right, and so. Our attitude is let's approach everything as as a servant, and if we not not to say that we can therefore help everybody on every project, we can't. But you know, just having that attitude of okay, let's we're here to serve. How can we serve? And it's been exciting. And it sounds crazy. We you know big projects are are awesome, but some of the greatest joy I've had in the last year or two has been talking with like up and coming filmmakers who love God and I know what their heartbeat is and why they're doing what they're doing, we're able to come help them and get their projects to a higher level. Huh. And even help them find distribution. Wow, really? So being that and that's just by God's mercy. This God has put us in this position. Yeah. And so we're able to kind of take them and they don't have a lot of money. We're able to say, here, here we can optimize your show, we can help you out a little bit and we'll introduce you to all these distributors and stuff. And next thing you know, people are getting deals and and it's just, and it sounds silly, but like it's it's the really there's 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 maybe more joy in feeling like we're helping out really the up and comers, you know? Yeah. Versus, you know, yes, we got you know the movie like Unplanned is awesome. It's great. We love Chuck and Carrie who, you know, direct who wrote uh, God's Not Dead, and their whole team, and they're one of our bigger ticket, you know, people here in the building. But yet, and then obviously the joy of joy is to be working with them, and yet to be working with some of the very, you know, entry level, it's their first film for a lot of people, and just to be able to come alongside of them and help them, is, as you can imagine, it's a great joy. Wow. Now, are these people who are coming out of these filmmakers who are entry level, as you say, are they sort of grassroots doing things on their own, or do they have some studio behind them or some distribution behind them in general? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends. I'd say in general they're grassroots doing it on their own. Okay. Most of them. Yeah, most, you know, I mean, everyone just like I gave my crazy stories about how I got two movies made. Selfie Dad, the the the, the current one I've directed, as an example, I wrote a one-page synopsis and essentially got funded. Wow. You know, I mean, just like, but again, you can't imitate this. I can, I don't have the same story twice, let alone anyone else has my story. Right. You know, so in, to to your 
to your question, yeah, everyone's got their own story. Most of them, if you had to put them in a category between, they're not studio pieces, you know, how they get their money, how they get funded, you know, it's all crazy. It's really interesting that you're in this this place where you're sort of seeing people. You're seeing it from all ends. You're seeing it from the young, the new people coming in. You're seeing it from where the distribution is is going. You know, you're you're sort of like the crossroads of <laughs> where Christian film is happening. You know, I think so. It's interesting. You know, it's a good point. I hadn't thought of it like that. I hadn't thought of it like that. But yes, we are very very much in the flow of a lot of projects. Do you and see, kind of do, become our jobs. Do you see things changing in uh, – I mean, things are changing. What do you see changing in the, the distribution uh, market for Christian films? Um, That's a really great question, and I think we're seeing I, – I would broaden it out to say just, just the entire distribution model for film as we know it is changing. And I think the Christian film is just kind of one one of every genre that's being affected. Okay. Which is, you know, obviously for the DVD market is dwindled, you know, I don't know what percent, 80%, 90%, I have no idea, but it's it's a lot. Depending on, depending on who you talk to. Yeah. Right? And as great as the streaming platforms are, they don't make up for the DVD market yet. Right. And so they might down the road, or they might not. There's more good news. Is there's more competition growing for streaming. So maybe it'll help. Maybe it won't. I don't know. It is much harder to um, find a theatrical hit. Right. In ge- these are general statements. There's like, exceptions to everything, but as a general rule, it's you know it's harder to get people to drop twelve, thirteen bucks. A pop. I don't know what the nationwide average price for a ticket is, but let's say twelve bucks to go. You know, family of four is going to go to a movie. You might get some pop. That's a hundred bucks. You know, yeah. it's just it's it's hard. And so they're still going to do it, but it's like, wow, I'm going to go see Avengers. Right. So it's got to be. Hence, why these tentpole movies and sequels number sixty-eight are you know because they're more surefire. It's harder. To get people to go see, to go drop that kind of money to go see a lower budget Christian film in theaters. Hmm. So in that sense, it's more difficult than it was even five, six, eight years ago. Right. I think. Yeah. Um, and and then of course the DVD market is is made it a little bit tougher for cost recruitment. So um, you just got to be more creative, and it's there. I think we're, I think, or maybe I'm optimistic here, but I think. We're just in a transitional time, and like anything, um, you know, when times of great transition are also times of great opportunity. You know, if everyone's running for the hills, sometimes, you know, stay the course, you might be able to figure something cool out. So that's kind of where we are, where we're looking at different models, and even, I think Selfie Dad is, a, is, a, is an example of this, where we have kind of reversed engineered this movie to say, here's our cost, here's our number, we backed everything in, which is kind of old school. It's not a new way of doing it, but trying to be mindful where we were working so tight with the distribution team in the budgeting of the movie, in the creating of the movie, in the casting of the movie. And it's, again, that's not a new concept, but I just think it's more important than ever. Yeah, for sure. So what's, what's in the future for uh, Brad Silverman? 
Well, you know, look, I'm, you know, I'm on the backside of the 40s, but I still haven't given up hope for the NBA. <laughs> um, I think with the contracts that they're divvying up in, you know, for the Lakers, Clippers, I don't know. I just think at five, six, and uncoordinated, I do think there's okay. Um, um, man, I don't know. Like, I appreciate what you're saying. Great question. Okay, my 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 spiritual answer is, man, I just want to be faithful today. Yeah. And I've made the, I'm going to say mistake or fool's errand of, you know, giving my two, five, two, three, five-year plan and all that, and it changes dramatically. So I would say this, you know, from a, from a career standpoint, we're, at, we're having a great time. And the goal is to keep, um, uh, to keep, you know, I'm, I'm a company guy now, and I, and I want to see Kappa succeed. Yeah. And so, whatever role I play in that, you know, I, I am probably the chief, certainly the chief writer director around here. So I'm honored to, you know, to to have a couple TV shows in the works, and then, uh, you know, and then the feature film, and then a spinoff of the feature film into a TV show would be another project we have. So, I guess the plan, I guess, um, Todd, is to. Uh, you know, just just press on and just try to be faithful day by day, and try not to get ahead of God, and try to be grateful each day, and not be so driven as I have been for thirty years yeah. for the next project, the next project, the next project. Like, I guess the answer to your I don't know that's a dumb answer to your question, but just trying to be faithful, humble, and grateful for whatever God has right in front of me. Brad Silverman, thank you for the encouragement and testimony of your life as a filmmaker. Looking ahead, the guest of my next episode is Brian Mitchell, the Chief Operating Officer of the WTA Group. Also coming up is Brett McCracken, a Senior Editor at the Gospel Coalition, and his focus is on writing about the arts and culture, and he will talk to us about the place of Christian film. And thirdly, I've been hard at work on our first Synegesis edition which will focus on deconstructing a great film from a filmmaker's perspective. And that film is Wong Kar Wai's In the Mood for Love. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Ministry of Motion Pictures podcast. You can find us on the web at www.ministryofmotionpictures.org. What we do in life... Echoes in eternity.